Hi, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening to The Slippery Slope. Now, I want to tell you a little about myself before I start with the rest of the uh, topic today. So, I uh, am a direct descendant from uh, South Sea Island people who came to be in Australia because of a, a an issue known as blackbirding. Um, the history of blackbirding in Australia, uh, blackbirding is basically when they the the Europeans used to kidnap Pacific Islanders. Um, it was roughly from about the 1860s through to the early 20th century, I believe. Um, so they used to kidnap Pacific Islanders and bring them over to Australia to work on plantations in Queensland. Um, so the way that they would do this, they'd, they'd either force them or trick them into getting onto boats uh, and then bring them over to, to Australia obviously chained up whatever and and they were so that was the history of slavery within Australia and that's why in Australia especially around um, the coast of Queensland you get a lot of indigenous people that are actually a mix of Australian indigenous and South Sea Islander people such as myself that's uh, basically a lot of my a lot of my history and my father is Caucasian uh, so he's a direct descendant, Irish, English. Actually, I think he might have, his family might have come here through the convicts. Anyway, um, I'm not getting into that too much today. But I just wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. And the reason why I wanted to talk about that was because of this article that I was reading, this article that I wanted to go through. Um, and it's from The Independent. I'll just go through this headline with you. The damaging effects of slavery are ongoing. Jamaica demands reparations from the Queen. Now, looking at this article, I'll I'll read, break up bits and pieces and then we'll go through it. But Jamaica's government is set to demand reparations for black people from the Queen for Britain's role in the transatlantic slave trade. A petition is being prepared and will be submitted to her... Majesty and the UK government. Olivia Babsy Grange, the Minister for Cultural for Culture, Gender, Entertainment and Sport, said we are especially pleased to announce that we have made further steps in our strides towards seeking reparation justice for the victims and descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. The petition is to be presented to the Queen of the UK and or the Government of the UK. This move has also been backed by the country's opposition, the People's National Party. Uh, you know, it goes on, the opposition supports and has supported for quite a long time the calls for reparations for slavery. Um, now, the PNP has been part of the thrust to seek reparation for the ongoing effects of slavery. It's a key point. A commission on reparations was established some years ago and that has continued across administrations in Jamaica. So I would say that there's bipartisan support. Um, just goes on. Okay, so Jamaica, here's a bit of a brief history. Jamaica became a British colony in 1655. Uh, between then and 1838, it stole over 3 million African people away from their homes across the continent and trafficked them across the Atlantic Ocean as part of the transatlantic slave trade. 
Enslaved black people were forcibly brought to British-owned colonies in the Caribbean, including Jamaica, and sold to work on plantations, cultivating sugar and other crops. Um, saying that, you know, through its engagement in the trade, Britain benefited from immense financial profit, uh, which set the very foundation for the country as we know it today. Okay. Now, this next point is, is interesting. They're saying that following emancipation... In one of the largest loans in history, the UK government borrowed £20 million from the Treasury to compensate slave owners for the inconvenience of not having enslaved Africans to make them rich. Uh, it's saying that this was only paid off in full in 2015 by British taxpayers, while the descendants of those who were enslaved have not received any reparations. And Jamaica continues to owe a staggeringly high amount of debt to the, IMF, to the International Monetary Fund, the IMF which the UK is a part. <clears throat> um, it goes on to say the, co- the country gained independence from the UK in 1962 after 300 years of British colonial rule. Okay, so that's the article I was going to discuss and that's the reason why I gave you a bit of a, a basic history of myself, my family. Because my point of view on, on this on slavery rates. I've been back to Vanuatu, to actually the island, Tenor Island, where my grandmother's family were from. Absolutely loved it there. Absolutely. I was there when I was, I think, maybe 19, something like that. Beautiful place. You know what I did notice about it, but there were still a lot of people. So this was quite a long, this was in the 90s, uh, early 1990s. I went there. Now, <clears throat> I... Um, you know, I was brought up in Queensland my whole life. Uh, you know, mum and dad, brother and sister, um, my parents had owned houses. We were never wealthy by any means um, when I was when I was growing up. But um, you know, we always lived comfortably. Uh, always had a roof over our head, electricity, all the basics. But we're never wealthy. We had holidays and stuff. When I went to Vanuatu, I was. Um, like I said, I was about 19. I went there to sing as a part of uh, a church group. I went there with a the pastor and just went there over there to sing. And because obviously a lot of my family were here, I went over there and seeing people who, um, actually I could see people who actually looked a lot like my relatives here in, in Australia. But one, what I noticed was there were still a lot of people getting around in grass skirts Um Generally, most of the housing over there was still uh, like thatched, um, you know, grass housing. Uh, it wasn't proper housing. There was no real electricity. There was no electricity. Um, people generally didn't work. It's, it's not, but they worked in not as we know it in Western society, but they worked as in you know just work to live kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, growing vegetables, fishing. Um, so it's a bit more of a relaxed lifestyle in that way. However, there's other issues because you have like next to no proper health care and that, um, especially on some of those small islands. However, they you know they seem very happy. I, I really did love it over there. Now, my, my point with this story, why I'm telling you all this, is I go through and the Jamaican government, so they're looking at reparations for the descendants. The descendants. Okay, I look at my my own family, my extended family. I've got a lot of relatives, a lot of... Um, if I look at uh, my extended family, you know, we're about four, five generations in from the 
for or from my specific two great I think it's great great grandfathers who were bought from Vanuatu one from Tenor Island one from Santos Island and they were bought over as slaves they were bought here to work and then eventually they were actually let go um, now I, I look at my family and with my extended family some of them are very some of them my extended family are very very wealthy they're very very intelligent they leave me behind for dead that's for sure with their intelligence um, very educated they've gone on to really make to really make a life for themselves and, um, and you know I haven't done too bad for myself we you know all my family in general um, can't complain for having been the descendants of slaves now I'm not saying that um, thank goodness I'm not praising slavery or saying thank goodness for slavery it saved us however I'm a descendant of slavery I was never in slavery I could never if someone started standing up in Australia and saying we want reparations for slavery in Australia and the descendants of those slaves are to get money. How are they going to decide who those descendants are that are worthy of getting money? With with Jamaica, how are they deciding who's worthy of getting this money? I mean, if the, the practice finished, um, well, in reality, it finished the best part of 200 years ago. So, you know, with the descendants that are still feeling... Um, still feeling the what well, they're still feeling held back because of the the cause of slavery I'd have to I'd have to argue against people descendants of of um the descendants of slaves getting getting money now personally if either of my great great grandfathers were alive and they could get money for for being stolen for being kidnapped and brought over here to work as slaves, go to town. They deserve the money. They deserve it because they were the slaves. Um, however, as a descendant, I don't think I could ask for money. I don't think I deserve the money. And who who would decide who deserves it? Some, Like I started to talk about some of my extended family, some of them are very, very intelligent, very uh, very wealthy. They've done very well for themselves. Some, some others... They're just, they're doing okay. They're not struggling, but they're not super rich or anything. And then there's some, not a lot, there's some who would be struggling. But I'd put it to you that some people, some of, talking about my family, some of the ones that are struggling, they're not going to be able to say, oh, it's because our great-great-grandfathers were slaves. It's got to come back on your own. It's got to come back to yourself. And what you're doing. I'd put it to the Jamaican government. If people are still struggling after 200 years, oh, you know, 100 and, what was it, I think it's 180, 190 years since slavery finished. How are you going to give those people money? Because if you're still struggling because of something that you're, that, that's got to be close to four or five generations later. If you still haven't been able to make something of yourself, or if you can blame, if you can put all of the the times in your life where you've where you've struggled or you've failed, and and put it all the way back to five generations ago, 
maybe you need to have a good hard look at yourself. Maybe the people who are struggling now is because they don't want to work. You cannot constantly blame. And I don't know about you, but I'm finding with this, I would have to say it's in the last the last 10, 15 years, everyone wants to blame someone else. You know, it's, it's always someone else's fault. And then it starts to be, well, oh, because of my father, because of my father, my grandfather, well, because they had such a hard time and our family is still struggling because of that. But isn't it funny how some families are able to pick them up? Some people are able to go from dirt poor to just filthy rich within their own lifetimes because of the way they work, because of their own work ethic. And yet other families, other people, individuals, aren't able to do any of that. And I'd put it to you that it might be because they're just lazy. Just straight out lazy. Now, that's my thing with, with Jamaica. What they want to say, who, how are they going to decide who gets this money? If you've got some people, like my family, you've got a mix of people who are doing really well for themselves. They haven't let being a descendant of slavery hold them back. And then you've got other people who, if they're just sitting there playing the victim, nearly 200 years later, 200 years later, well, maybe the problem is them. Look, this this really got me thinking about about something else um, and something I, I have, I've thought of a lot over the years and it's a, a verse, a Bible verse. I'll read this out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. And the second part of it says, um, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. I believe that was written by the Apostle Paul. So I'll read that again. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. That, to me, that needs to be given more consideration. This, our generation now, we, we rely on, we rely on welfare. There's no, there's no necessity to really work if you have to, if you don't have to. You can get a government handout. And uh, that's not a that's not a knock at um, <laughs> that, that's across the board black white Asian whatever it's all cultures all nationalities that's the way it's going now people just feel that they don't have to work if they don't want to and that's what it seems like with this reparations for slavery if you're looking back at nearly two hundred years ago slavery finished and you're looking at reparations now. What gives you the right to take money for something that your great-great-great-grandfathers went through? It's not your money. They're the ones that went through it, and it's probably your own fault that you can't pick yourself up and move on in life. I would say the bigger picture is stop playing the victim. I would say to anyone listening who's sitting there thinking, well, I want reparations for something that my father or my grandfather went through, Stop playing the victim. It's not you. We all go through hard times. We all go through hard hard spots in our lives. But what makes a man, what makes a woman, what makes an adult is if you can pick yourself up and move on and keep walking into the, into the future. 
or, or, or is all you're going to do is look back in the past, look back and blame everyone else. I'm Jason, and you're still with the Slippery Slope. The next thing I want to discuss is a term I saw today called blackfishing. I'll just uh, read this article headline to you, which is why it all came up. 12 celebrities who have been accused of blackfishing. I had no idea what blackfishing was. I thought, well, I like fishing. What is it? Blackfishing is a term used when a white person tries to make themselves look black. So that's not what I thought it was. It usually involves, involves dark spray tans, makeup, and different hairstyles synonymous with black culture. It's a little strange. Numerous stars like Bibi Rexa, never heard of her, Rita Ora, have been accused of promoting racially, promoting racially ambiguous images. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with this whole article. Um, so, as I said, so it goes on to name all these other people like Kylie Jenner, um, Kim Kardashian, Kardashian West, uh, Chloe Kardashian. I think they're all, they're all sisters, aren't they? That Kylie, she's the half sister or something. Anyway, um, also Izzy Azalea, Iggy, Iggy Azalea, sorry, um, Ariana, Ariana Grande. So, all these people, and there's a few more in there, they've all been named um, Bard, Bubby, I don't even know how you say it. They've all been called out for blackfishing. It's very weird when people get called out. I always sit there going, who are these people who are calling them out? Like, how do these people who are doing the calling out, how did they become the voice? The voice that everyone needs to hear, and they're the ones that are doing the calling out. You always hear it. <laughs> I read all these news articles and they go, oh, and this person's been called out by someone else on Twitter. And then they go out and they read the article on Twitter. And it's had 20,000 likes and 10,000 retweets. So obviously that means it means something. Because someone tweeted and other people liked it and retweeted it. It doesn't matter that the tweets are written by a fool who's done nothing with their lives. That's got nothing to do with it. Anyway, I'm rambling. So I'm reading through this article. What I've known, what I've noticed is, so it's all women. It's all women and it all goes through the way these ladies are apparently appropriating black culture. Now, one thing I personally have an issue is, issue with is this phrase, this term black culture. So does that mean that everyone who is, or put in quotes, black, um, who, who now you have to say identifies as black, they've all got the same culture? Because being a person with dark skin, okay, <laughs> having a dark skin tone, that's not, it's not a race, and that's not a culture. That is purely the amount of pigmentation you have in your skin. And it gives you a certain color. <laughs> so, but it's the way they read it, it's like they're, they're appropriating black culture. But 
being black is not the same all around the world. Um, trust me, I should know. Being black in Australia is not the same as being black in America. And all these blacks, I hate even using the term blacks, but all these people in America who subscribe to the the culture of being black and, you know, descendants of being African. Well, if they go back to Africa, it's going to be nothing like what their culture is now. Um, And just because you braid your flipping hair or twist your hair or you've got some darker skin doesn't mean that you are that you are like the the African people or you're like the Islander people or the Aboriginal people or whatever culture because you those cultures aren't all represented just because you say it's the black culture the black culture what a load of, what a load of rubbish so what I've noticed with this article okay it's it's just all the women and it, it really seems like the woke you know, the, the, the woke left, is that what you want to call it? Or especially the females in the woke scene, they've made this yoke that they cannot live up to themselves. They've set these standards where, you know, you've got this and, and they're constantly calling calling each other out for whatever, for whatever reason, but they can't even live up to it. So, I mean, let's face it, tanning your skin has been around since the dawn of time, I bet you. Someone was walking around, they saw their reflection in the creek, in the river, in the water, and thought, hmm, I'm looking a bit pale today. I'm going to strip off and see if the sun can tan me up. That'll be good. (laughs) Ever since I was a kid, people had, they're either out on the beach tanning. I'm, I'm from Queensland. Everyone's out on the beach tanning just to try and get a lovely glow happening. Or... Or they'll be, uh, you know, going to those um, the, those shops where you have those. They used to have those um, tanning beds under the uh, the UV light. Or now you just have a spray tan. You can get a spray tan done at home. Um, so they've made all these beauty these beauty things that they that they want to do. But now it's it depends. You can't do it too much because then you're appropriating black culture. Apparently, that's a bit weird. And apparently, you can't get your hair in twists or braids or you can't have uh, you know dreadlocks apparently if um, that would be appropriating black culture so who who decided that black culture encompasses all these different things and that, that these people speak for the, for every black person in the world <laughs> none of it makes sense none of it makes sense I saw another article about someone um who had gone and they'd worn like a traditional, like a, a Chinese style, traditional Chinese style shirt. Um, you know, the ones with the, the collars that go straight around the neck. Um, you'd see someone like uh, in, in something like a, a Jet Li movie or something. I personally think they look very, very cool, especially in those, those martial arts kind of movies. Um, so someone else wears it and they're not Asian or they're not Chinese or whatever. And they're getting called out for Asian or Chinese appropriation. <laughs> but is how can you get in trouble for just for wearing a piece of clothing purely because your descendants aren't the ones that made that piece of clothing? Isn't that the same with every piece of clothing, everything in the world? I mean, my descendants 
aren't the ones responsible for our descendants, my ancestors. The Australians aren't the ones responsible for creating um, for creating pants, let's say. So because we didn't create pants, does that mean where every time I put on a pair of pants, I'm appropriating whatever culture created pants, made pants? I don't know who created pants. I think the Americans invented denim. So every time you wear jeans, are you appropriating American culture? Or are you helping them celebrate something that they come up with? Isn't that... Isn't that more the point with this appropriation? You're not appropriating something. You're celebrating the the different things that different cultures, different nationalities, not the black culture, but various nationalities and across the world have brought. And you're helping them celebrate it. And yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a good thing. Um, but I, I really think like. Uh, these people have made a yoke for themselves they can't live up to you can't get a tan you can't have uh fake hair done a certain way um you know and yet they've all got fake boobs they've all got fake lips they've all got fake tans they all wear hair extensions all of them look as fake as all um but yet they get accused of black fishing oh mate black fishing accusations it's a load of rubbish Hey, that's just my opinion. Thanks for listening to the Slippery Slope.